Oh, welcome in. This is the Jock Market Power Hour for this week's RBC Heritage. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe. I don't need Joe. What up? What's up, dude? How's it going, man? You 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 recovered after post Masters week? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 upright. That is that is good. Uh, I was just face down on the ground for the first couple of days, but yeah, I'm back. I'm back upright. Nice. Glad to hear it. Um, Glad that we're back here for another week of Power Hour. We got some more money to give away uh, and we got another exciting contest this week. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So a couple of things off the top here. Um, This is stock market DFS. This is the jock market. This is where for the next 45 minutes or so, you're going to be able to bid on golfers. Edward, I see your comment in the chat. We will address how this all works. So hang tight with me. And if you like Edward, have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is, throw it in the chat. We will get to it. Now, the way that uh, we're also going to do this is we have a hundred dollars in jock bucks to give away. So make sure to drop your jock market username in the chat. That will give you an opportunity. I will draw names five times throughout the show for $20 each. And that would be free jock bucks additionally if you have not downloaded if you have not deposited on jock market now's the time use the code power 20 that is another 20 dollars deposit bonus so joe there is just lots of money being given out here we're just flushing pockets <laughs> left and right making sure you guys are set up to uh unload on the jock market each and every week um and yeah another week let's get it going all right, so Edward, let's address this. How does this work with the IPO? So uh, for, right before 9 o'clock, usually around 8.57, 8.58 Eastern time, the IPO closes. So what we're in right now is a bidding phase. So Joe's scrolling through the app. He's looking around. He's finding golfers that he might want to bid on. And he can place a bid uh, per share price. Now, just because he places a bid, Joe, that doesn't mean you get him. It's the highest bidder when this IPO closes. Exactly right. So yeah, so what I like to do, Edward, to answer your question is kind of create a target price that you are willing to pay for that particular player, uh, enter that price in, enter the amount of shares that you want to invest in that player, and wait and see, right? Uh, you will see the price slowly tick up over the next 45 minutes here. Uh, if your price is still above that that high mark sort of at the end here, you will be awarded those shares if you're below it. You're going to lose those shares. You were outbid, but that doesn't. The money will go directly back into your account immediately. You can reinvest in that player at a higher price point, or take your money elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's essentially an open bid for the next 45 minutes here, and the shares will be awarded to the highest bidder on each and every player in the field. And then those share prices are, and then the so you'll have your share prices based on what the IPO closes at, or you can buy golfers during the event, and they're going to correlate uh, your payouts to the finishing position. So I'm running them across the bottom right now. If the your golfer wins the tournament, that pays out twenty five dollars a share. If you finish the second, that's twenty dollars a share. So you can see how this all works. And to put it even into more perspective, Joe, let me just pull up. Let's just look at the Masters data. Because let's look that, at it. I'm excited that, to see this. Yeah, that's going to really illustrate this. So all this data available on rickrungood.com. Go to PGA Tools. Go to Free Tools. Click on Jock Market. It has all the cash market data in here. And Hideki Matsuyama, this time last week, Joe, in this hour, cost $6.05 a share on Sunday evening when he was slipping on his green jacket. That paid out $25 a share, so $19 in profit per share for Hideki Matsuyama. 
huge bump for Hideki. I know that that you spoke very highly of him on the show. I kind of missed that boat, but that seems like a great um, looking back on it price point for Hideki at the Masters. That should have attracted uh, you would think some more money. I know a couple of guys have have sent me messages that they were on Hideki last week. A couple of people got shares of Will Zalatoris as well, which went booming. Um, so yeah, there was a ton of money to be made, particularly sort of, I guess you could call it that, that second tier of players. If you kind of skip through the Justin Thomases and the DJs and the Rory's of the world, it seemed like a lot of those guys in the five, $6 range really returned a, a solid profits last week at the masters. That's right. Zalatoris went from five fifty six to twenty dollars. Mark Leishman went from three seventy six to thirteen. Justin Rose went from three eighty one to twelve, and even some of the bigger names. Xander Shoffley went from eight ten to eighteen. Jordan Spieth went from ten to sixteen, and then John Rahm went from ten forty four to fourteen. So there was money to be made. And Joe, we actually got um, a, a question or a tweet when I when I tweeted this out uh, maybe a couple of days ago. We got a common response, and the response was. Oh, Hideki went from $6.05 to $25. Wouldn't it have just been better if I bet an outright and got 40 to 1 on him? That that is a question that comes up often. Often, exactly. And it's hard to I understand it, uh so I don't fault people for having that question and that thinking right off the bat. Um uh, but you really have to dive more into the payout structure. So I think I tweeted back at him and I was like the difference is, uh, if you had an outright ticket on Will Zalatoris last week, guess how much money you made? Zero dollars. <laughs> um, you turned a huge profit in the jock market. And what I mean by that is basically Hideki, uh, had you bought in shares of Hideki last week, if he finished anywhere between 28th place and first place, you are on sort of a sliding scale spectrum all the way up to $25. So you are making money incrementally more every place higher he goes from 28 up the leaderboard so at 20th you know as he crosses that 20th barrier he's making you more at 10 he's making you more so it doesn't require your player to win now yeah of course if you want to take the risk and make an outright bet we all love to do it it's a ton of fun um you're going to have a higher payout there's a lot more risk reward there but the floor in terms of losing money obviously you see the floor in an outright is second place the floor in something like jack market particularly at the price point that Hideki went last week was all the way down to 28. So it's just different opportunities, different ways to play it. I I also don't see these as binary options. It's not like you either have to bet an outright or play jock market. Uh, yeah. You can do both. <laughs> they're, yes. just, they're, they're just of different course. things, right? I mean, right. You can have your outrights and you can get your 40 to one or whatever, or you can come over here in the jock market and, and kind of limit your risk in both ways. I mean, I think Justin Thomas is a really good example of this. You know, you have an outright on Justin Thomas. Uh, you lost everything last week. Uh, he went for $10. Yeah, I sure did, right? He went for he went for ten dollars and twenty six cents in the IPO, and just because he didn't live up to expectation doesn't mean you lost everything. He still returned you six dollars and twenty five cents a share. You lost forty percent of your stake, but a lot of other wagers that you would have made you would have lost 100% of your stake. So it kind of limits you in both ways. You can build a portfolio. There's still plenty of money to be made because the number of shares uh, that you that you can buy, it, I mean, it's it's not limited to anything. Go out and get, try to get 100 shares of somebody, right? Like it, it's it's just different. Totally agree. Yeah, I think the with, with the outright betting, like you talked about, you have the ability to have these huge monster weeks where where you you know you're forty x on your money, but you're going to have so many losing weeks along the way that it's going to end up evening out. The idea is just a different sort of concept with jock market, and that you kind of approach it 
um, like you would approach a stock market portfolio where you're not expecting to double your money every four days. You're slowly, incrementally just continuing to build your bankroll. If you can you know, climb anywhere between, say, 5 and 30% each week, the more money that you have in, the more money that you can invest the following week. So it's, it's kind of more of a slow grind. Uh, and you can build up the bankroll just in a different way. But there's still, obviously, you, you isolate guys like Siwoo Kim, like Will Zalatoris last week, like these guys who are really cheap. You can find those uh, diamonds in the rough, so to speak, and you can go five, six, seven X on your money. We see it all the time. See it all the time. And then the other question here in the chat, and again, if you have questions, we're happy to talk through them. If you have questions about this week's field, if you have questions about the the course, which it's a very unique one, we'll get to that in just a second. P- please feel free. Brent asks, is it only bids at the closing price that gets IPO, gets the IPO, or do slightly lower bids also get shares if they don't have enough at closing price? So this is a great question. It is uh, m- much smarter people than us, Joe, are figuring this out over at Jock Market. But they had shared a graph with us one time that is essentially based on the number of shares and based on the way the prices come in, you could, in theory, get shares of a golfer a little bit less than whatever the high bid is, right? Yeah, I think that the bid that you are seeing is like the the – median bid i believe so to speak so there can be slightly lower than that you can be slightly higher than that um but the idea mainly just to kind of simplify things for you brent if you see yourself and your bid price and and the price of that golfer is higher than that just assume that you lost those shares and if you still like them bid 25 cents more bid 50 cents more make sure that you clear that minimum bid number so that that way when this whole thing closes out you ensure that you're definitely going to get shares especially if you like that player I'm going to try to find that chart while we're talking because it was really helpful to be able – I'm just scrolling through trying to find it. I'll see if I can pull it up. But uh, let's talk about this week, Joe. We actually have a pretty strong field for the week after a major championship. I think we got 37, 38 guys from Augusta National making the trip over to Hilton Head for the RBC Heritage. And I'm on record. I think – I think there are two very unique courses on the PGA Tour. I think Kapalua is one, and I think this is the other unique one. It's just one we don't see all the time because you have these really narrow fairways. You have these really tiny greens. The winds can start kicking up. We're back in our April time slot. June last year was uh, a birdie fest. Everybody went nuts. So this is a really fun um, staple on the PGA Tour. Absolutely. Yeah. And just because um, last year was a birdie fest, different time of year, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to play out that way. I think maybe for the last 10 years, this is played as one of the top 10 toughest courses on tour that year. A lot of it is dictated on the, you know, sitting there right on Calabogie Sound, the Atlantic Ocean. The the difficulty of this course is going to depend primarily on the wind, right? Um, It looks like the last forecast I've checked, there should be some high winds on Thursday, that can all change, but that is where it comes into play. Like you said, um, you emphasize, I think, the second smallest greens on tour, so not much surface area to land your approach shot. You have to be really dialed in. Shorter course, but a lot of these dog legs are going to require less than driver. So while the yardage may not totally be there, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have wedges in your hand all day because a lot of times you have to lay back off the tee and still leaves yourself seven, eight iron in. That said, accuracy course, approach play, iron play um, is usually what dictates the winner here. And, and another unique thing about this place, 
we've seen some Sunday surges out here. Yeah. Um, I think it was two years ago where DJ, it felt like he was just going to run away with it. Shot a 77, plunged all the way to 28th place. And all of a sudden CT pan vaults up the leaderboard. So that can present a lot of unique opportunities. I think in jock market this week, uh, looking at guys Sunday morning and seeing who you think has a run in them. Yeah. And because it levels the playing field, uh, we've seen CT Pan, we've totally. seen Satoshi Kodaira, we've seen Wesley Bryan win this event. And quite frankly, I don't know how many other places they're winning on the PGA Tour. So this really does open up a lot of different golfers. I want to circle back on the IPO question because I found the graph. And here it is. Uh, this is essentially illustrated with saying that there are, uh, you know, in this example, five shares that are available each. Each user is bidding for one share at that price that we have indicated here. So the way that they take the IPO price is, I don't know if it's an average, it's whatever a calculation of all of these bids, users A through E would get a share at $7. Anybody who paid more than that, the excess is returned to them when IPO closes. So this is a nice little illustration that we put out there. And then Tim also notes that uh, if you really like a guy, you can bid way higher. You know, if you see a guy at $6 and you like him up to $10, you can bid right now $10. And even if he closes at seven, you'll be refunded the excess three back into your account. So you can kind of uh, cover yourself a little bit without having to go up in one cent increments, Joe. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that illustrates it greatly. Um, Tim made a great point there as well, that you can bid as high as you want and you're only going to pay uh, the lowest asking price for that player as that kind of graph shows you there. All right. Let's talk about the field. Uh, We have a good field here, Joe. We've got uh, Webb Simpson, who, depending on your book of choice, might be the favorite to win this event. We have Dustin Johnson. We have that man, Patrick Cantlay, who broke everyone's heart last week. We've got Colin Morikawa. I mean, this this is pretty impressive stuff that we got here. Absolutely. When you say everybody's heart, is that does that hit a little close to home for you? It's just really, it's just really my heart. It broke my heart a hundred times over. I know, I know. But listen, yeah, absolutely. The top three of this field are are loaded, right? You have the number one player in the world in Dustin. You have Webb Webb coming back here as a defending champion, with a place where he particularly plays well at. And you have Patrick Cantley, like you said, who who seemingly let a lot of people down. More so, I think, in the outright in DraftKings market. I don't know how many people he necessarily burned on jock market here. Um, but I may be willing to look past it for a guy of his ability. He still rates out really well. Um, has been a little bit wild off the tee. But uh, you look at the Pete Dye course records that he has, um, and it and it's definitely something that has to be factored in this week and sort of a unique track that that may fit his game pretty well. Uh, John says, longtime viewer, longtime DKer, just made his first deposit. We finally got him, Joe. So welcome. Welcome, Let's John. Go. Much, uh, much appreciated. And uh, we're going to return the favor because we've got $20 to give away right now. I'm going to give away the first 20 right now. And it's going to go to C. Allen. So C. Allen, congratulations. I've got your name here. We will get you hooked up with $20 in Jock Bucks. If you want to win $20 to Jock Market, well, go ahead and just drop your handle in the chat. That's how you're going to be able to do it. Uh, Your your, your, uh, Jock Market handle. And that'll be entered into a draw okay joe i'm getting ready to show you the big board for this week uh do you have any guesses of the names that we are going to see at the top of this big board oh you know i haven't looked being completely honest with you i think i have a hunch this week that webb is going to outprice dj and end up as the highest price player 
Well, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, Webb Simpson, who has a stellar history around Harbortown, is currently our most expensive golfer. So he is $9 in IP in IPO right now. I just locked my screen, so I hope you can still hear me. Okay, there we go. Yep. Um, <laughs> We got that's, that's the first time I've ever done that. Uh, <laughs> he he is our defending champion. He is, you know, Joe, he has a couple of um, really strong spots on tour for him. It's here. It's Wyndham. You could throw Phoenix into there. Like, yeah. it, it, this, is, this is a web week. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not, you know, it all depends on the price he's going to be. I have him rated as the number one player in sort of my target pricing this week. So, no surprise to me that he's the highest in IPO price. Like you said, um, he has his sort of definitive spots that I think he highlights on the calendar every year. And this is one of them. Uh, played fantastic here last year. First, fifth, 16th, um, and I think 11th are his last four finishes. So the the floor for Webb in terms of if he doesn't have his best game this week, I think you're pretty safe betting on Webb to like have a top 15 finish this week. He's done it the last four times around this track. And I just think that separate is what separates him from DJ in my mind. Now, if I'm going to pick an outright winner who has the better chance to win this week, I'd probably say it's Dustin Johnson versus Webb. But this is different, right? We talked about it earlier in the show, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all of these places pay out very well and you can return a profit on any of them. And I just think his floor is a little bit higher than DJ's this week, uh, you know, in my opinion. The $9 current price on Webb Simpson means that he would have to finish 14th or better to return you a profit because 13th is going to be $9.50 a share, 12th would be $10 a share, so on and so forth. So that's that's the price. So if you want to get up to $10 on Webb Simpson, you're asking him to finish 12th or better. That's how this works. You mentioned Dustin Johnson. Uh, let's go to him next because to me, this is the hardest guy to figure out. You know, yeah. Not only is he... Okay, all of these things are true. Uh, he's playing pretty terribly by his own standards. Mm -hmm. He's also won twice in his last eight starts, which is amazing, <laughs> right? He yeah. is, he has, uh, this is the event he has played the most five times with never earning a top 10. Uh, you were right. There was one year where he was running away with this thing and then shot a 77 on Sunday and coughed it up. Like, like I, I don't, I don't know what to do with this guy. Like, I have no idea what to expect this week. And I think that's kind of the boat that a lot of the people uh, on the jock market are in right now. That's why he's a third place guy is because we just don't know. Would it there? I feel like there's so many outcomes potentially for DJ this week, and none of them would be a giant surprise for me. If he missed the cut, I wouldn't be surprised. If he ran away with this thing by five strokes, I wouldn't be surprised in that either. He's still the number one player in the world. He still has, I think, the least amount of flaws in his game of anyone in the world. Um, he does everything really well, except recently uh, he struggled putting. So he struggled putting at the Masters last week. I think he ranks like 90th in the model that I ran in strokes game putting recently. So the putter has kind of left him. I think some, I, you know, to me when I watch him, he's taking too long. Um, he seems to be agonizing over every putt, and he does the full loop around with his brother. And I know that's part of his routine, but right. um, I think that he would be better suited to kind of just get up there and, and try and make it at some point. I just think that it's gotten in his head a little bit, and that's the only part of his game right now that I feel like is really, really letting him down.
him slowing down on the greens is by design, but I think you're right. It feels like it's getting longer. Like I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't have, I don't have facts about that, but I remember just being like, I remember when he started doing that and I was like, okay, he's like grinding over these putts now. And now I'm watching, I'm like, oh my God, DJ, like this is, this is taking forever. I, <laughs> I will note he has played in eight cash markets. I'm showing them to you right now, eight cash markets on jock market. He has been overall a gainer on average. He has returned you 22%. The problem is, uh, Three of those big gainers were his first three, and he has lost you money in four of his last five cash markets. So that's kind of the situation we're in with DJ. He's got a he's that volatile guy. He's not that floor guy like Webb. Yeah, absolutely. And we I think we've just seen sort of the the media, the rise up the mountain, and now we're kind of seeing the drop down. So at the same token, you know, it may be a good spot to. There's always going to be a good spot to buy low, especially a guy with the upside and the the win equity walking into any event in the world that that Dustin Johnson brings with him. Speaking of win equity, Colin Morikawa has won four times in his last thirty nine starts. He's seven dollars and one cent. And Chad needs to know what your target price is for Colin Morikawa this week. I'll tell you, Chad. I'll let you in on it. It's uh, $8.75 is what I got on Morikawa. Seems like that's probably a pretty good target. Um, look, I'm just a, I, I have a couple of guys ranked higher than him. So um, that may surprise some people. So I have burgers and I actually have Corey Connors rated out a little bit higher than him this week. Um, I just. I worry about his around the green game here. So if the approach isn't totally dialed in, um, especially at a course like this, you're going to have to be able to scramble and get yourself up and down around the green because the greens are so small. Uh, he doesn't have the greatest course history here. Not a fantastic record when you look at things um, on the Pete Dye tracks that he's played previously. So there are some things for concern. That said, uh, his win equity is always there. I think that I'm not worried about, you know, grinding away at the Masters and sort of, you know, being overloaded coming in and overlooking this week. That's not a concern for me for Colin Morikawa. I just feel like uh, maybe there are some guys right underneath him that I think uh, I'd probably rather have this week. What about you? I'm probably more bullish on him than you okay. are. Um, the, the, okay. This is kind of strange. So when he started his career, he started his pro career. It was very much like this guy is the most consistent golfer uh, out there, right? Remember, he made 23 cuts oh, in a row yeah. or whatever it was. Like, that's all we ever talked about. He, I think by design, he has tried to open up his range of outcomes. Bryson did the same thing. Br Bryson intentionally is trying to be more volatile mm. because that's how you win. The thing I like about Morikawa is that his his weakness is, of course, the putter and a little bit around the greens, but it's, it's certainly the putter. But he still has the ability sometimes to gain a ton of strokes with the putter. Now, he'll lose seven, right. but he might gain five. And he might lose six the next week, but he might gain three. So it's like that's the volatility with the putter that allows him to win golf tournaments. You have him at $8.50 as your target price. That means you have him essentially to finish 15th or better is what he would have to do to pay that off. And if we look at what he has done – uh, in his 10 cash markets, he's actually played a lot of these things. He's averaging you a 15% ROI. He had the really huge work day when he won. He's had a couple of bad weeks. Most weeks, he is a small winner, which I think is, I think that's about right. That feels right for Colin Morikawa, that he's just like a little better than we might perceive him to be. 
Yeah, and I just think that he is. I think you're right, and that he's he's let go of a little bit of the consistency and just a steady top thirty every week. And now it seems like uh, there's a little bit more ebbs and flows to his game. So he has the ability to go out and win and take a first down, like we saw at the workday, like we saw at the PGA Championship, and return you a huge profit that week. But he also has the ability to kind of floor out and has missed some cuts recently. So. Um, I just don't know. I for me, it can't came. It comes down to either him or Berger, and I just like Berger a little bit more this week. Okay, fair enough. I'm just going to give this a quick refresh here. I don't expect a ton of changes off the bat. Webb still at nine. DJ overtook uh, Will Zalatoris. Uh, Morikawa seven sixty one. Okay, we're getting a little bit of movement here. Uh, Austin asks, "Is there a way to see the most profitable golfer since cash has started?" Well, I have it based on averages here. So your average ROI and guys that. I guess we should find guys who have played a lot. Um, and this probably isn't the best way to do this, but Steve Stricker has played seven cash markets. On average, he's returned you 160%. Brandon Hagee has 10 cash markets. He's returned you 110% on average. Matt Jones, some of these guys that are really, really cheap and have popped off for victories, like a, I thought I saw Robert Streb on mm-hmm. this list. But if we sort yeah. by average, like average IPO, so the expensive guys, uh, probably the best is Xander. On average, he goes for $8.75. His, his average ROI is 48%. He has a couple of big gainers in here. So I don't know, Joe, Xander might be our cash market MVP thus far. Yeah, I think so. Those are <laughs> those are pretty solid numbers there. And we talked about it before where Xander gets a little bit of flack for never closing the deal. But um, he's obviously proven himself to be a huge asset in the jock market here. One guy that I would note there... Um, is Corey Connors that I've seen at least recently. I don't know his total numbers, but when I looked, it looked like five of the last six markets, he has returned uh, profit for you in terms of ROI, which is pretty solid given the fact that I feel like a lot of people have been pretty high on Corey Connors recently. So um, he's coming in in pretty good form. I think this course sets up great for him in terms of demanding accuracy, not only in approach to the green, but off the tee as well. Those are two of his strengths. I have seen some strange comps to the Valero this week, which he won. Played great at the Masters. Look, he's just a guy that's coming in, playing really well, and returning people a lot of money on here. Yeah, there you go. 14 cash markets, 58% on average is your ROI for Corey Connors, and he hasn't lost you money since Riviera. That was back in February. So Corey Connors certainly trending in the right direction. Let's go back to the big board here because I want to get into some of these other names. You know, the you mentioned Corey Connors. He's he's priced currently at six dollars and fifty cents. That's where Patrick Cantley is. I imagine there's gonna be a lot of jaded Cantley owners this week joe as rightfully so but we have to determine um are we willing to forgive are we willing to forget if we liked him last week there's really no reason not to like him this week in fact he's finished third seventh and third here he's excellent on pete die courses so i'm just kind of interested to see over the course of the next wow 15 minutes or so what the sentiment on cantlay ends up being yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that he's going to close higher than Connors. Um, typically, when we when we run this show, um, Rick mentions something, and you're pretty much filling up people's pockets because you aren't wrong very often, buddy. Um, so it's you've usually been very profitable to the listeners of this show. So I think maybe a lot of people maybe took uh, took heed to that last week. And look, it happens. It's golf, right? It, and especially golf. at the Masters, like people, we saw the names that missed the cut. Um, so yeah, I, I would not be surprised if he has a good bounce back week. He just seems to be coming into this season, 
playing great, very confident in his game. And if he can just hone it in a little bit off the tee and maybe a less than driver course is what he needs to do that. Let's talk about winners for 20 jock bucks. And I've got our next winner. Uh, and that is the Mojo King or the Mojo King or them. O joking. Or <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I think that it's the Mojo be. King. <laughs> I think it's Mojo King. Yeah. Congrats, right, the, buddy. 20 bucks. The Mojo King. I've seen that name. He's been around. Uh, thank you for the support. 20 bucks your way. I've got three more to give away throughout the rest of the show. Make sure your jock market username is in the chat. And we are, I mean, we're 14, 15 minutes away from this IPO closing, Joe. So let's try to run through as many of these names as possible here. When we start to get down to the bottom of the six dollars into the fives, you've got to be thrilled to see Daniel Berger at $5.75 at the moment, considering you told me you have him higher than Colin Morikawa. Yeah, there's an abundance of guys right there in the $5 range that I think are all worthy of at least some talk and discussion. I think Brian Harmon is playing fantastic. Great Masters performance last week. Um, you look at his performance on Pete Dye courses where he went third at the players. He also went top 10 at the Amex. So you know, Georgia native. He got a win in North Carolina. This seems to kind of be his neck of the woods here. Uh, Siwoo, obviously, he plays great here. His ball striking prowess is is well known. Chris Kirk, Brendan Todd even, which it seems like maybe eight months ago, it felt like, oh, short course, auto play on Brendan Todd, right? Short Bermuda course, auto play. And, and it seems to be very quiet on him, yet you look – uh, nine, he's made nine of the last 10 cuts, so it's not like he's playing poorly. Um, so certainly a, a pretty low floor there for, for Brendan Todd, and I think could have potentially some upside this week should you get him. So there's a lot of guys right there in that $5 range. One, what, what, what do we do before – I just wanted to go back up top real quick, Rick, and ask you uh, your thoughts. Will Zalatoris, like where, where do you stand on him this week? Give, give me a take on Will Z because I don't know what to do. He is, uh, I think he's special. I think he's really special. There was, okay, so there was a time probably in the fall where a lot of the metrics, and I think even Data Golf had him as like the 25th ranked player in the world. And we were all kind of like, yeah, the metrics are really strong. Like he could be, he could be. Like he's literally like now the 27th ranked player in the world. Like that was <laughs> that was six months ago. Um, so so the, the the thing that I think might throw a lot of people off is, he gains a ton of strokes off the tee, but he misses a ton of fairways. And I think when you look at Harbor Town, you're like, you can't miss fairways. Like you can't be that far off. But he is he is huge into uh the, the decade system, Joe, which mm-hmm. is the strokes gain system with with uh with with Lou and Scott. And and he buys into what is strategic. And he's certainly not going to play Harbor Town the same way he plays. Bermuda or whatever, or Punta Cana, right? Like it's going to be a different strategy. We know that he is precise. I, I really think uh, he is just going to contend over and over and over again. And quite frankly, the only way he guarantees his card, well, I guess he'll get his card for next year, but if he wants to get it right now, he's got to win. That's the only way he gets his card right now before next year is with a win. I think he's a special kid. No concerns on a potential letdown off last week for you. None. Now, I mean, he literally, I mean, he was parlaying top 10 because he was, pl- I mean, remember he was playing himself 
into the position that he's in with his special temporary membership. Yeah. He was playing every single week. He backs it up right after the U.S. Open. No, I uh, great point. He's young. He's young. He's he plays a lot of golf. It's all good. There yeah. are there are bigger names too, right? I mean, we were talking about some of these guys like like Sergio's down here, Sung Jm, who's been quite frankly terrible, uh, especially with his irons is, is down here. Ian Poulter. Then you get into the course history guys. Ian Poulter's had a good run here. Kisner's had a mixed bag, but we know he's a, probably a decent fit. Like what do we do with these types of guys? Um, yeah. Sungjae is interesting to me because initially this week I, I saw him, you know, I saw the betting odds come out first and I'm like, that's, that seems like a very fair number on Sungjae. I know I had him at the Wyndham last year, which I've had as a strong sort of corollary course felt very similar to what we're going to see this week in Harbortown. And he played great there. Shorter Bermuda grass courses seem to kind of be his course fit. When you look back at the Honda where he got his win, the Wyndham, these type of tracks seem to fit him very well. But then I dove a little bit deeper and the approaches have been off. He did miss the cut, I believe, here last year, which is a little bit of pause for concern. So, uh, yeah, a little bit concerning for me on Sung Jay, but at the $4 price point, I think that his his upside could definitely present some value there. And I think Kisner makes a, a pretty solid play as well this week. Dustin Johnson has caught Webb Simpson $9 a piece with about 10 okay. minutes to go in our IPO. Going a little bit further, let's get into some penny stocks we have. Matthew Neesmith, $3.51. Doc Redman, $3.30. Roy Sabatini has played well here in the past, $3.17. Is there anybody on this screen, kind of $3.50 or cheaper, that you're going to keep an eye on over the course of the next 10 minutes? Yeah, I like a lot of them. Um, I saw some things in Doc. You know I love to I love to play Doc. I know you do too. But um, had lost in eight straight markets before the Valero, and he finally got, got returned some people some money in their pockets. So... Um, it was nice to see kind of the approach play come back because the, the approach numbers were positive as well at the Players' Championship. So I think that he could be on the verge 21st here last year where I can remember how I, I had a huge ticket on last year. and He struck the hell out of it all around this place. I think opportunities gained. He gave himself birdie putts seemingly on every hole, just didn't roll a ton of them in. But uh, Clemson guy, South Carolina, you know, you, you have a lot of narratives that seem to align themselves where – Doc could present uh, some opportunity this week. I don't know if it's this week, but he's definitely getting closer, right? And, and, yep. and maybe it is, you know, he's a Carolinas guy. Maybe it is a little home cooking, gets back into a region he knows really well. Maybe this is the spot. I, I'm certainly much more excited about Doc this week than I have been uh, in recent weeks. We go a little bit further. Harry Higgs is $2.65. Brandon Grace won here, uh, had to be five years ago, $2.85. CT Pan, another past champion. He's at $2.76. And then we start to get to the guys like Jim Furyk. Uh, you know, if there's ever a spot to play Jim Furyk, it's probably here. I don't know if that's required or necessary, but that's what we're kind of looking at here in the sub $3 range. Yeah, K.H. Lee is down there, too, who I have some interest in. Another guy, like, I see him right now. I may need to refresh this, but I see him just below Furyk is Lee Westwood. Like, a few weeks ago, everyone was all over Lee Westwood. So I'm not sure where he's at right now. Uh, Brand Snedeker, we saw randomly sort of return to some form at the at the Valero. I don't know if that was a one-time thing, but this seems like a place that would lend itself pretty well to Brand's game. Should he have found something? You know, you never know. 
And then, uh, you know, another guy in the low threes is, is Sam Burns, who it seemed like we were all high on um, three straight markets, though he's lost over 80%. I don't know if uh, he's just kind of lost the form a little bit on Sam Burns or, or do you think it's something that he could potentially flip and get back? This seems like a pretty good fit for him had he been playing the way he was playing a month ago. Yeah, that's I completely agree with that statement. But you're talking about, okay, if he's $3, where where is Sam Burns? I have him at, um, oh, I think he just moved on me. He might have moved over three. Okay, he's $3.75. So essentially what you're asking him to do is finish like three seventy five, 44th or better. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really care what form Sam Burns is in. He should be able <laughs> yeah. to finish 44th or better. We saw some really incredible stuff from him earlier this year. So uh, that's really all you're asking, which is why I like the jock market so much. Going back to the first page, let's see if we've got any movement here. Yeah, still these two hanging tight at $9. It seems like Webb Simpson, Dustin Johnson, they're going to go neck and neck the entire way. Do you have any idea of maybe what the most expensive player will be or who it will be and what that price will be? Yeah, I feel like I feel like Webb is going to eclipse the ten dollar mark, and DJ may come in just under that. A lot of times, people, uh, particularly these guys at the top, what we have seen is is sort of a flurry of bids that come in in the last couple minutes. Um, you know, with good reason that you know people don't want to just bid them up for no reason now if they're going to continuously get out bid. So I think we see both of them probably cross. Will Zalatoris is is. Very interesting and intriguing to me that he's third on here over guys like Morikawa, Berger, Cantlay. Um, but that just shows sort of the the popularity and, and sort of the, the fans that he built himself last week in a way. People want a piece of Will Z. You're darn right they do. This might uh, <laughs> this might annoy a lot of people, but I'm going to talk about Abraham Answer for a second. Yes, let's do it. He's uh, I, there's you know he gains strokes off the tee, but he's very short off the tee. What does that mean? It means he's playing out of the short grass constantly. And once he gets an iron in his hand, once he gets a wedge in his hand, uh, he's a gamer. And we saw him do it here last year. Finish runner up to to Webb Simpson, uh, starting to find the putter a little bit right now. If there was a course I could pick out and put Abraham answer on, I think it'd probably be this one. And he's seven bucks right now. So that would be asking him to finish 22nd or better. I imagine that does not align with his betting odds. Very hungry. I think to get that first win is how I would describe Abe answer. And a lot of the stats that you look at that you may target this week, he rates out very well on T to green uh, hitting the fairway. Uh, you know, par four scoring, he rates out really well. And in this place last year, I can remember it uh, in my head. Like he struck the ball with his irons about as well as I've ever seen someone do it. Had Terrell Hatton and Webb not gained a ton of strokes putting, I think that he was primed for that win. Gained 11 strokes on approach here last year, which was, you know, only less than less than a year ago now. So I think that this is a place that he comes back to comfortable and confident in his game. And remember, that field last year was a major championship field. It was our second event back. And the first three or four events that we had, everyone was there. The strength of field was unbelievable. We are probably three or four minutes away from this IPO closing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw one more winner right now for our jock bucks. That winner is Russ. Hokies 24. Congratulations. That'll get you... $20 in jock bucks. I have two more to give away. I'll give one away after this IPO closes and I'll give another way at the end of the show. Make sure that your jock market username is in the chat. 
This is the time with three or four minutes to go that we let Joe go do his thing. So Joe, uh, tell the people what the next three or four minutes is going to look like for you while I refresh our dashboard. Sure. So I usually try to target uh, between five to seven players. This week, I may, you know, it has this a tendency to lend itself to some long shots. So instead of going so much at the top, which I usually try and do a little at the top, a little in the middle, a little down low, I may look to find a few more penny stocks than normal this week and hopefully um, get a guys a couple to give me, you know, a decent sweat on Sunday at a low price. So uh, that's kind of my strategy this week. That said, all can change very quickly here over the next three minutes or so. That's exactly right. And um, now at least you can favorite players, right? So you're not constantly yeah. having to. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Makes <laughs> it a little easier, yeah. All right, Joe, have at it. Uh, enjoy. We'll talk to you in a few minutes here. Joe's going to let us know when this IPO closes. But this is usually the time that the the you know comment section dies down a little bit. This is when your phone starts acting up a little bit, starts buzzing like crazy because there's a 90-second window uh, between – I don't know, 857, 858, that this IPO can close at any time. Right now, Webb Simpson has jumped ahead of Dustin Johnson. He is our most expensive golfer at the moment. He's currently going for $9.45 a share. If you buy him at $9.45 a share, he has to finish 13th or better to turn you a profit. Dustin Johnson is second at a flat $9.00. Colin Morikawa has made a move. He has jumped ahead of Will Zalatoris. He's going for $8.81 at the moment. He needs to finish 14th or better to return you a profit. He has actually gone two consecutive cash markets by losing you money, but the cash market before that, he won and went from $6 a share to $25 a share. Will Zalatoris and Daniel Berger, along with Corey Connors, round out the other golfers over $8. We'll look, take a look here at Corey Connors. That's an $8 price on him as of right now. If you like that price, if you get him at that price, he needs to finish 18th or better. Patrick Cantlay, really interested to see what the sentiment is going to be on Patrick Cantlay, $7.90. Matt Fitzpatrick, $7.80, a name that we haven't mentioned yet. And if you believe odds makers, you'd be getting great a great value on Cam Smith. Cam Smith mm. has better odds than, you, than I'm showing you right now, uh, $6.50 in the jock market. That means he only needs to finish inside the top 25. If you think that Cam Smith, can finish inside the top 25, you are a buyer at $6.50. We are in that window. We are in the window where this IPO can close at any point. There's a 90-second window. Joe's going to let us know when we're done. And I'm going to give this a, probably one final refresh. And there's been no movement between the top two golfers. Webb Simpson at $9.45. Dustin Johnson at $9. Patrick Cantlay did just get a bump. He's now $8.25. So obviously the public willing to forgive and forget. Now Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, and Will Zalatoris are all eight and a quarter. Corey Connors still hanging on at $8. And Terrell Hatton has passed him at $8.05. We saw a jump from Abraham Answer. He is now $7.25. If you like Abe Answer at $7.25, that means he has to finish $20. 21st or better. Siwoo Kim making a little bit of a move. He's trying to track down Sung Jae. He's trying to track, track down Paul Casey. He's $6.75. Everybody knows he plays Pete Dye courses great. And he is uh, always got upside, always got downside. He's always got everything. Charlie Hoffman, $6.61. If you go to the start of the season 
uh, and ranked just by strokes gain total. Charlie Hoffman's like the 10th best player on the PGA Tour since the start mm-hmm. of the 2021 season. Right now, he's $6.61. That means he needs to finish inside the top 24 to return you a profit. Trying to check in on guys who have good course history around here. Ian Poulter hanging tight at $4.75. Stuart Sink has won this event twice. He's at $4.40. Matt Kuchar has played well. $4 and a quarter. Yeah, all valuable. So $4.25 would put him coming in. I think we're closed. We're closed, buy. buddy. All right. IPO is wow. closed. I lost a lot of wow? guys. I lost a lot of guys late. Really? Um, yeah, I lost a lot of guys late, but we still got uh, five here, so I feel good about them. Um, I actually kind of deferred from my strategy and went for a couple of those guys at the top and got outbid at the very end, so I ended up back on my normal strategy of finding some guys at the threes and the fours, and, and we'll see how that goes. And like we said, there can be a lot of ups and downs uh, throughout this tournament, so maybe a little left in the bankroll to to give me some opportunity for some in-play action. All right, I'm going to give this uh, one more refresh here, but before we do that, let's talk about who you did end up getting, Joe. Talk me through who is now part of your portfolio for the RBC Heritage. Okay, so I'm waiting for them to pop over now, but I know two. Okay, I got him. So this is my crew. I got five guys, all kind of in the exact same range. So I got Denny McCarthy, uh, okay. who's my guy. Uh, look, he's just four straight uh, events where he's returned people money. I think the shorter Bermuda grass courses are kind of his wheelhouse. You look at the third at the Honda. You look at the Wyndham last year. You look at the Bermuda course um, that they played over there. So he played well at all those events. I think shorter courses set up well for him. Matt Neesmith obviously has a ton of things in his favor this week. I got him. I got both of those guys at just a hair over $4 a share. Um, Chase Seifert was another interesting one that I got here for three seventy two. dollars He has been returning people. I actually took some money. So in his last six events, I took some notes on him. 740% ROI over his last six. That includes a third at the Honda. That includes, I believe, like a 12th at the Amex, which is also a Pete Dye course. So I think a lot of things are lining up well for Chase, who's in good form. He has a smaller sample size than the other guys, but if you just sort by Pete Dye last six years, he's like the third-ranked player on, on Pete Dye <laughs> courses. He had that, I, I think you mentioned it, I think it was, what is it, T3 at Honda? And he's, yep. and he's got uh, – three top 25s in his last four starts or something like that. So yeah, he's, yeah played he's well at the Corrales around. down there when we had the jock market as well for yep. Punta Cana a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the last couple of guys in the $2 range, kind of a little bit of flyers here, but uh, Henrik Norlander and Aaron Wise. Wow. Norlander is a guy that you could not have gotten anywhere near that price a couple of weeks. I mean, remember he was a, he was a darling in the yes. industry just six weeks ago or whatever. So, okay, cool. So that, that puts Joe shares at McCarthy, Neesmith, Seifert, Norlander wise for him for this week's RBC heritage. Andy Smith chimes in. He says he has 24 guys and the most expensive was $3 and 45 cents. So he is in the penny stock game, Joe, which I'll tell you what, this is the place to be in the penny stock business. Listen, I think a lot of the guys that you see up at the top of the leaderboard every week are in this penny stock game. So they will just go up and they will scroll right to the bottom of the list and they'll start scooping everybody up for a dollar, two dollars a share. So I think, Andy, uh, will be interesting to know how it turns out for you. Let us know if it works out. But I, I think I like your mindset and your strategy this week. 
as promised, uh, I've got 20 jock bucks to give away right now. And it goes to Brent Harris, who is little big man mile high. I love these usernames. I don't know how these people come up with this stuff. Little big man mile high. (laughs) Congratulations. 20 jock bucks coming your way. I've got one more to give away. I'll do it at the end of the show here shortly. Make sure that your jock market username is in the chat. And now we're going to look at how this market shook itself out and as you so correctly predicted webb simpson is our most expensive golfer and he closes at exactly ten dollars you are a mind reader joe you can predict the future and at ten dollars <laughs> he needs to finish 12th or better what are your thoughts i love it um i wasn't i was just going with a different strategy this week but i think that he's done that in three of the last four times that he's played at this event has been t12 or better um you look at his top 10 odds this week and you're going to be paying juice and and negative money to to win on that so um i think there's a good opportunity there for the people that build what bid on web i think deservingly so he's the highest priced guy just because his range of outcomes i think is is the most uh geared toward the top of the board Dustin Johnson, no surprise, second, $9.78. Colin Morikawa did catch a bit of steam at the end there because he was pretty cheap in the final minute or two. Mm-hmm. He closes at $9.09. So for Morikawa, you are asking him to finish 14th or better. And then we did get uh, a bit of a push on Cantlay at the end, Joe. He ties Matthew Fitzpatrick, $8.50. So both of those guys need to finish 16th or better. Fitzpatrick's been great, by the way. He's been he awesome. Has. He's yeah. been so good, and I know that he has affinity for this place. I saw his, his tweet earlier that he played it as a youngster, seems to come back every year, has the Harbortown head cover on the driver in the bag. Yeah. So uh, he loves himself this place, and he puts great right now, especially on Bermuda grass. So seems like a place that he could definitely go well. I think he's probably deserving of that price. Terrell Hatton, 833, finished third here last year after opening with a 71. That's even par. Burger, $8.25. So it's actually kind of interesting. I would have been more, I mean, I forgive all of these guys after a missed cut, but I would have been more forgiving of Burger than I would have been of Cantlay. Burger made, I want to say like the second most birdies of anybody who missed the cut. It wasn't as ugly as Cantlay's. I'm not, I'm surprised he did not finish fourth or fifth in this jock market. He's a little bit further down. Yeah, and I think Berger just has the like he has the ability to win, um, yeah. and he's shown that. So he has that like where where we just talked about Fitzpatrick. You know, he's he's consistently up there, but he's not getting it done. Berger will get it done. He's got like four wins, and, and same with Hatton is there as well. Are, are guys who who tend to hoist trophies when they're in contention? We saw him, you know, at a short coastal track over in Pebble two months ago win. Uh, so yeah, I, I, he was one of the guys that I just missed out on right before close. Abe answer was another one that I just missed out on right before close. So I just got outbid on those guys late and, and didn't have enough time to get it in. But that's, that's part of what uh, we go through here. As I go through this, uh, drop in the chat and let us know who you think the best value is now that we have these closed. Burger's probably near the top of the list for me at the moment, but the other guy at $8 and a quarter. Will Zalatoris, who Joe, I'm pretty sure we, I have to go back and look. He was like $8.25 when we came on air. I don't think he moved. I do not think he moved really? in, the, in the like, I mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but he was he was like the second most expensive golfer when we got on air. 
And I thought he was already over 8,000. I'd have to go back and look, but we saw no movement on him in the final, whatever, 15 or 20 minutes. I think you're right because he was like second right behind Webb when we kicked off the show. So yeah, Webb was at at $9. Yeah. Yeah. So no real movement. One thing, you know, noteworthy there on Will Zalatoris, besides the fact that he's playing fantastic and I think his upside is through the roof, uh, breaks pretty much every tie in the field except for DJ this week. So number two pre-ranked player. So um, if he finishes anywhere in the top 10 and is in a tie for that position, he will break that tie, which will give him the higher payout. So that's definitely something noteworthy here. Some of the other guys we talked about, Paul Casey, $7.05. I like that. He would need to finish mm-hmm. 22nd or better. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Charlie Hoffman, we talked a bit on $6.70. And then here's Brian Harmon, who we uh, you mentioned it, and I was nodding a- along the entire time. $6.50. He's playing well at the moment. He needs to finish just inside the top 25, Joe, at that price. Yeah, so great track record at Pete Dyes, great track record recently. So he checks a lot of the boxes, shorter courses. You get a lot of wedges in his hand, and Brian Harmon's always going to play uh, pretty well for you, and he's been making a ton of putts. So uh, his strokes game putting has been through the roof recently, and I think that there's a lot of confidence in that. But, you know, you, you can kind of – you see a guy like Connors or Hoffman or Fleetwood or Casey, these guys who gain a ton of strokes game putting in a week – and you can you maybe look and you're like, okay, there's a little bit of regression coming. But there, when you see a guy who's just a great putter that continuously does it, like Harmon, like a McCarthy, um, like a Cam Smith type player, like these guys that that tend to get very hot with the putter can keep it rolling for multiple weeks when they have a certain comfort zone. Uh, Chad coming through with a little bit of research said 34 minutes ago, Zalatoris was eight dollars and nineteen cents, so he went up six cents in the final oh. 30 minutes or so. I no knew it was something. I knew it was something pretty, pretty sick. Um, as uh, uh, Austin points out, Billy Horschel at $5.16. Billy Horschel's had a pretty good stretch of golf. He didn't uh, play particularly well at the Masters, but we've seen him get hot at, obviously, the match play, goes out and wins that. He's $5.16. That means he's got to finish 33rd or better, Joe. Yeah, he's had some good finishes lately, and I was interested in him this week. But I think if you dig a little bit deeper on Billy Ho, his iron play sucks recently. Like, he's not been hitting the ball well, and his yeah. approach numbers are bad. So I really don't know how he won the match play. I, I didn't see – I don't think those stats are reflected in there. And sometimes with match play, it can skew you a little bit, and you you just catch the right path, you know what I mean, toward the finish. and. Obviously has to play well to win a WGC, but it's not like he came out and won the workday in a strong field and a stroke play event. Um, so, yeah, he's been putting together good finishes, but I would worry because the approach play hasn't been there, particularly at a place like Harbortown that demands your irons to be dialed in to have success. Chase Seifert, $3.72. That's a guy who is in your portfolio. Yep. I'm, I'm just looking down here to see if there's any names that jump off. Um we mentioned Brant Snedeker. $2.81 is what he ended up going for, which essentially is just asking him to finish 54th or better. I'll just round and say make the cut. If he makes the cut, he's probably yeah. going to turn you a profit. We saw him play well recently at Valero. And do you think there you think there's anything to these guys that didn't play the Masters? 
maybe a little bit well, like, like the only knock you could ever say about Zalatoris is like emotional week at the masters first time might be a little bit like some of these guys that had kind of an emotional week. Do you think there's anything to the guys that got the week off? You know, I think it kind of depends a little bit on the individual player. So it's hard to really loop everyone into the same category there. But um, just a guy like Zalatoris, for instance, I don't think it's going to have an effect on. I agree with you there. I just feel like it, it took his confidence level to, to you know, the stratosphere. When he can sit there and play with former world number one, Justin Rose, one day, who's in first place and essentially outplay. Like he was in these final groups and outplaying the guy that he was playing with almost every time. He he, I, he pretty objectively played the best on Sunday at the Masters. Yeah. Right. Like, like he, I think he was two under, uh, Hideki, a, a little, a little prevent defense, which he should have done sure. to, to get it done. But like he might've been the best player outside of John Rom, but like the best player in the mix on Sunday at the masters, like he is on, he's really unbelievable. He really is. And he made putts. Um, and like you said, you know, he, he has a strategy, so he's not just a young guy out there who's just flushing it. He played the correct way at Augusta and the first time he's ever played it, which was so impressive to me. So he did not make a mental mistake. You didn't see him hitting very often out of the pine straw or behind a tree. Uh, it was generally the fairway, the middle of the green. And, and if you looped in, you know, a few more 20 footers, he could have really given Hideki a run for his money down the stretch there. Uh, yes, he certainly could have. Okay, let me pull the final winner for 20 jock bucks. And I want to make sure I have his name spelled right. It's a pretty easy one to spell. Let me just find the comment before I do that. Okay, here we go. Retro styles. Obviously, I was kidding about being, it being easy to spell. <laughs> <laughs> Retro Styles, congratulations, Brandon Allen. Uh, that'll get you $20 to the Jock Market. If you have not signed up for Jock Market, use the code POWER20. That'll get you a $20 deposit bonus. We thank you for joining us tonight. Don't leave just yet. We've got a couple more things. Hit the like button. goes a long way. Please. helps us. costs you literally nothing. I think that is a good trade. Joe. We are in store for a great weekend, and uh, this is just phase one that is closed right now, IPO. You can go buy, sell golfers now through the end of this event. So especially, and you mentioned it earlier, right? This is, there can be some swings this week. There's going to be movement and a lot of it. So having uh, the ability to check the app, see if anybody's leaving out some some asks that they haven't come back and, and checked in a while, like this is probably a really good week for that. Absolutely. And last week we saw in talking to our, our friends over there at Jock Market, record numbers in terms of like trading volume, in terms of the amount of users, in terms of the amount of dollars that were going back and forth between people buying and selling shares throughout the event. So that kind of stuff brings together that ask and that bid price to a little bit closer, um, prevented a, a, a ton of opportunities for a lot of people. And I think this event sets up great for it. Like you mentioned, we have the Sunday surges. There's guys who have 77s and there's guys who have 64s in them. So trying to isolate those opportunities. And I think Chad, uh, who's in the chat here, made a great point last week and to pay attention to that cut line, particularly on Friday, because if you can get some guys and people leave a couple, you know, maybe he's one shot out of the cut line and someone's hanging a, a dollar or a dollar fifty or a two dollar bid on a player. You know, they make a couple of late birdies down the stretch at Harbortown, which we see people do all the time. 
they get inside that cut line. They have two more days to play golf, and you can really only go up from that point. So these are the type of things that you got to look and pay attention to as the week goes on and, and just make sure that you are available. You have your app open. You see an opportunity, and it's time to pounce. I'm glad you brought up the numbers from last week. We are not privy to everything that goes on in jock market. In fact, quite the opposite. But the reports that we get that uh, just just how big last week was is awesome to hear. It allows them to continue to invest in the product. It's why uh, they're expanding to more states. It's why more features are being added. It is why the market experience is getting much better. So it, it also makes us look good, Joe. It makes us look good. But it's 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 this is a weird thing because – in, in, in stock market DFS, like the community needs to be strong, right? It needs to be, if the more people playing, the better the experience it is, which I know is kind of the opposite of what other places might want. You might want to be the only one playing it, but this is, it's kind of different. So I, I'm, I'm just stoked about the direction that we're headed. Absolutely. Love the community feel of it. I'm, we've both been extremely bullish on the concept from the get-go, which is part of the reason why we were so excited to, to do a show like this and kind of bring people together and, and build this sort of atmosphere in which uh, we all try to learn a little bit from each other. And, and it's still relatively new uh, when you think that they haven't even been around for a year yet. Uh, which is crazy to think. So it's fun to enjoy this ride. We appreciate all you guys for helping them to to continue to uh, improve the product and break numbers every week. And, and we're just excited to keep it going through the rest of the season. All right, moment of truth. Who wins the RBC Heritage? Dan Berger is my pick. And I have zero I shares of him. I love, I <laughs> Who love you got? You got Morikawa? Uh, I yeah, it's it's more, the I, I, think it's, I think it's yeah. I'm a, I give the nod to Morikawa. He just wins a lot. I'm 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 he actually does. not. There are weeks I feel better about that. I don't feel great <laughs> about that. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I got put in, put in place last week with Patrick Cantlay, and now I'm like scared. But um, you know, this is this is a weird week, man. You can be a little bit off. You can be in prison in the trees. You can be in the fairway and have trouble. So it's why we've seen long shot guys win. So I I think yeah. in general I feel less confident about this week than most just because of the the volatility that we've seen. Absolutely. Yes. It's long shots are fully in play. The penny stocks are in play this week. So it brings a lot more of the field uh, that gives them an opportunity to win. So it should be a ton of fun. I love to watch this course. I love, you know, I can picture all the holes in my mind. So it's always an exciting week of golf and, and has a great finish typically down the stretch here. That right there, Joe Idoni. You can follow him on Twitter at tour picks. You can follow me. At Rick Run. Good. Tweet us who you got. Send us your portfolio for this week. We love to see it. We love to sweat the week with you. But for now, this has been the Jock Market Power Hour for this week's RBC Heritage. Catch you next time.